Good morning, LBC Radio. This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today I have a special guest. His name is Corey Also, but Corey Paternoster. Corey Paternoster was born in New Jersey, but raised in Lancaster, PA, where he began taking drum lessons at the age of 14. During his time in high school, he focused on drum kit and marching percussion, while also teaching himself bass and guitar. He went on to get his B.A. in music recording and percussion performance from Lebanon Valley College, where he also learned pedagogical techniques to further his already active teaching. Since then, Corey has continued to actively gig and teach lessons. Along with freelancing with other musicians, Corey plays mainly drums in power rock trio, Sun Not Yellow, guitar slash vocals in Emotional Rock Collective, Whose Hands Are These?, and bass in punk and post-punk cult Northern Gloom. Both Sun Not Yellow and Northern Gloom are actively touring in the, in the country and locally this summer. All these bands rehearse at 627 Drum Studios, where Corey also teaches lessons weekly. You can check his projects out at www.coreypaternoster.com. That's C-O-R-Y-P-A-T-E-R-N-O-S-T-R. E-R <laughs> dot com. Uh, you can find them on Linktree at Son of Yellow and also Linktrees at Northern Gloom and Linktree at Whose Hands Are These? Corey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Corey. How about you? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's, this is going to be a very confusing episode to those listening. So many Corys. So many Corys. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I've only met like five different quarries in my life. But they all spell their name differently, right? They, well, yes, actually. <laughs> We're the only ones that spell C-O-R-Y. Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> there was a C-O-R-E-Y. There's a K-O-R-R-I. She's a girl, okay. and um, she's awesome. Uh, there has Corey Blockus. Do you? I've never met him. He's also a drummer. He's a cool okay. dude. I think he spelled the name like we do. C-O-R-Y. C-O-R-Y, yeah. Yeah, I found the C-O-R-E-Y is the most popular, but I yes. have met K-O-R-Y. I have met I've met that, that I've met K O R I. Yep, I met her. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, it was it was funny. One of my uh, one of my really close friends in college uh, ended up marrying uh, a woman named Corey, and oh I, I was I was like joking because we were like super close in college, and I was just like, yeah, dude, now you got to spend the rest of your life with a Corey. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've also met a C O R R E, uh, I E I E I E. Right. I was like. Huh. It feels a little redundant at that it, point, but <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when it's all it, the uh, amount. Okay, so our, our recording is working. Um, so I, it's I've always gotten awards that have misspelled my name. Yeah. In high school, Did that was that ever a problem for you too? So yeah, it, it was because and the funny thing is they'd always spell my last name, which is ridiculous, right? Like so, Paternoster would be right, and then they would misspell my name. Well, like, Paternoster isn't that bad because it's, no, it's, it's long. It's it's, it's long. The only problem is that it's long. Yeah. But it's very uh like it looks like it sounds. Yeah, exactly. You know like I mean? like people always like add like sometimes people will say it wrong. Like they'll add extra letters like. Pastor not or or like Pastor. yeah pastor or pattern or pat or like it's like a pattern like pattern no stare or like that like they'll like kind of like add like some finesse or something at the end of it I'm like nah it's just pattern oster like nostril you know like yeah um but yeah almost always I would get my first name spelled wrong I'd be like how do you get the eleven letter word right but you right but you missed the four letter word 
and it's yeah. and it's like you first off you're my school yeah <laughs> if you <laughs> had a question other. about it you can literally just look me up yeah and and that's the other thing that gets me now is with social media and stuff like people will message me on instagram or facebook and they'll be like Hey Corey and C O R E Y. I'm like, yo, you are you messaging. Literally, you had me in the header of your t- of your. Yeah. Of, but also, fair to be fair, iPhones will always autocorrect mm-hmm. to C O R E Y, yeah. which is just oppressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a good word for it. Yeah, I feel targeted. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been an interesting life as a Corey. I honestly think that my parents just really didn't know how to spell it. When oh, really? I was, I well, because when I was born, like my mom and dad, like didn't have a name for me. Like they had been, like you know, discussing names, and they didn't really have one. So I was born, and they were like, "What are we gonna name it? <laughs> what, what are we gonna name it?" <laughs> and name it? and uh, my grandma was like, oh, "Why don't you name it Corey?" And my parents were like, "Oh yeah, that sounds like we both don't dislike it." So C O R Y, that sounds right. That, that was, uh, <laughs> it would have been really funny if they if they done uh, Q U A R R. Oh my. God. <laughs> Well, and that's act- I think that's actually where it came from is like quarry. I'm I'm pretty. I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, my, I was gonna be a Freddy actually. Freddy or Corey? I like uh, Corey better. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like. I was Freddy gonna be Freddy the Third. Okay. All um, right. I, I mean, if when you have those like those italics at the end, the I I I. Yeah, that's pretty. But cool. also, I'm I'm really happy. I'm also Corey. For sure, it's nice. Corey Rosen is a nice is a nice solid it name. It flows off the tongue, bro. But you could have been Freddy, like F R E D I or D D I I. You could have put the eyes at the end. That, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, to music. Yeah, back to the music. That uh, could be what, your musician name, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what could be what 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 inspired you to do music? Um, so from a pretty young age, I, I always really, really enjoyed listening to music specifically. Like I, I just remember, you know, being in the car with my dad and him having like cassettes and just like listening to classic rock radio and stuff like that. And I, I remember just, you know, every morning before he would drop me off at, I guess, our, my babysitter at the time, like, cause he would go to work early and drop me off and then mm-hmm. she'd take me to school. We'd always just drive up along the beach and just like listen to like, classic rock radio or he had a couple of cassettes that he would always listen to um so i just remember like from a pretty early age i just like knew i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i just want to do music for the rest of my life and i i kind of knew pretty early on that i would have to you know probably do other things like there was a point in my life where i was like i'm gonna be a scientist and a musician and then i realized i'm really bad at science so i was like let's you know just stick to the music stuff so i i, I feel like uh from a pretty early age i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't really know what instruments i wanted to play like i I tried guitar. I was bad at that. It really hurt my fingers. So yes. I, I, yeah, so I stopped. And then uh, I played like, you know, trumpet, clarinet, and and all of this kind of stuff. And it hurt my lips. And it hurt my lips. <laughs> and it hurt my fingers. And then I realized if I just put two pairs of sticks in my hand, it'll work out. No, but uh, when now I now I'm hurting drums. Now, now I'm hurting something else. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, when we moved from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, or from New Jersey to Pennsylvania, um. I just kind of like on a whim just decided that I wanted to start taking uh, or start playing drums. And my parents were like, yeah, no way. You have proven to us that you are not capable of sticking with something and we're mm. not going to buy you the loudest instrument there is just to have you, you know, and not one play of the more it. expensive instruments. Exactly. Yeah. With all the pieces and stuff. So um, they they basically made me promise that uh, or it was the kind of a deal that we had like if i you know took lessons for a year or so like they'd buy me a drum set or like you know at least help me buy a mm-hmm. drum set and that was actually like one of the first things that um like i saved for and stuff like i remember having like a little jar with a picture of a drum set on it 
and we I'd take lessons like I'm sitting there on the pad just like oh, this will pay off. This will pay off. This will pay off. That was literally my college career. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, this is going to pay off. This is going to pay off. And I had like, you know, every time I'd get like, uh, you know, do chores or something like that, I would just take the money and just put it in this little bin. And uh, yeah, one year for my birthday, I just like, um, we got back from church in the morning and uh, my parents were like, all right, uh, you can go downstairs. There's something for you. And I went downstairs and there's a drum set. And there's like, you know, the classic picture of like, you know, me just like t- touching a cymbal, just like. <laughs> yeah so it was definitely uh definitely worth the the wait and I, I tell my students that all the time now too is like sometimes you know parents are a little hesitant to buy drum sets mm-hmm. and i even as a drum teacher understand that so i tell my students i was like you got to start somewhere i was like we'll play the drum set you know we'll play the drum set but i'm going to show you how to you know play with good technique on right. one drum first because that's really what it's about well, like yes. the same technique that you play on one drum is the same technique you want to play all over the drum set for the most part there's, there's give and take yeah is the way you play the drums yeah exactly and a lot of people think that there's a lot of arm involved but really no. like your wrist. arm yeah it's all wrist and like phalanges mm-hmm. uh, and so for me I always try to explain to my students especially when like they start like you know when you play your first song like you just get so excited so like it's a lot of like almost like flailing like mm-hmm. with the arms so I'm always like Make sure you still have that same good technique, but you're using your arms to move around the kit rather than using your arms to get that same stroke that you've been working so hard to develop on one drum. Because as soon as they go like this, like to play like an actual beat, they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, the rebound strokes is what you got to oh, yeah. really focus on. And you can't rebound. or Your rebound is going to be insanely if you're just doing this all over the place. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's like one of the first things we talk about in, in my lessons. And I, I can't I can't remember back to like my very first lessons with my drum teacher. I have like some notes that I found my old notebook of like what we did our first lessons and stuff like that, which has been really, really helpful for me, you know, as a, as a teacher as well. Um, but that's one of the first things that I teach is just like, okay, what does the stick do when you throw it down? No matter what, even with bad technique, it's going to bounce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to utilize that or you're going to be like, you know, struggling. Like you got to make sure that like that stick is designed to work for you. It's, right. it's not like, it's not that shape because it's cool looking. No, it's that shape because it's a, like a utility. It's a tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's a lot of like talking about rebound and also, you know, even with like, you know, older students, like reminding them like, Hey, make sure you're using that rebound. Like it's really, cause it's really easy and you can hear it with sticks yes. too. You can, where you have like your Too hard tight. grip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it. That was one of the hardest concepts I had to learn as a percussion major was that you have to keep it loose and keep your fingers like kind of in control of themselves. Yeah. Even if you're not using the fingers in every single stroke, you know, at least it's keeping gonna, them on the stick yes. is going to help in the long run. Yes. Because eventually you will use them. Right. Exactly. And it's, um, especially like with, with the, uh, posture i guess you would call it of of holding the stick yeah yeah i, I guess like uh yeah posture or like structure of your hands yeah you yeah know, like just the shape of things and and again like realistically like your hands are bigger than my hands you're dude, taller have... every everybody's gonna have their own grip dude trying to find a stick that works for me. i'd have i'd have to have the marching <laughs> like thickness of a stick the but girth yeah well yeah the girth of that stick because that, that's that's what was if i any tighter my hands would cramp yeah mm-hmm. um so i had to use like those marching girth uh, and then have like the small the head small on the tip. top, yeah, yeah, the small yeah, tip yeah, yeah. on the top, so I didn't break the snare drum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of times, like, and you probably noticed this as well, like as you were kind of like you know learning about things. Like, I feel like if you squeeze the stick too hard, and this sounds silly, but and then you tap your head, right? That's how you can tell if the stick is dead or not. So if you like squeeze the crap out of a stick and then kind of just hit your head, you won't hear a pitch. 
But if you're loose, you'll hear this you pitch, hear the pitch of the stick. And I know I always like tell my I'm like, just tap your head and they're like, What? I'm like, Joe, trust me. Trust like, me. Like, trust me. me. And don't don't then, beat the crap then, out then of yourself. Then they go to the parents, watch this. Yeah, watch <laughs> what could he have me do today? Yeah, no, like, but it's like it's like being able to hear that, that that stick has a pitch and it resonates. Like that's what also helps the drum to resonate too. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So like if you like just like hit a stick with like with like a loose enough grip or a relaxed grip, like it'll actually like have a little bit of a pitch to it. And then if you squeeze it, you can kind of tell when the pitch goes away. Oh, okay, so it's like the vibration of the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stick itself has a resonation point. And that's how you can tell, like, you know, um, you know, Vic uh, Vic Firth says, like, pitch match sticks. And, like, they're basically weighted the same. So if you get a new pair of sticks and you tap one head or one stick and then the other stick, they should be the same pitch. And is that helpful? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's how you can tell when a stick is dead. You know, like, really? sometimes, like, you know, it looks like it's gnawed off, but it's fine. But then, like, sometimes, like, you'll hit it and it's just like, oh, it's not like, boo, boo, versus... I know it's really? a little, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you can totally tell when a stick is dead or not. That's wild. Yeah, because I'll, I'll like, you know, see, like, especially like, you know, seeing, seeing like newer students, like, kind of like learn this stuff is also like how I've kind of come to learn it too. Like, watching somebody learn is like the best way to learn as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, I've definitely found like, st- like, students, like, you know, I'll give them like sticks for Christmas or something and they'll use those sticks for like a year or two because like they just don't think anything of it. They're like, oh, they're not broken. They haven't snapped in half. And I'm like, yeah, but those sticks are totally dead. How long do you think of a drum uh, pair of sticks last typically like a like a standard pair of drum sticks? It really depends on how much you're playing, honestly. That's also fair. Yeah. So I, I know when I was like in high school and like playing drum set and then early college, like I went through sticks all the time because I was legitimately like breaking them all the right. time. That's also fair. And, and I wasn't I wasn't playing with the best technique. I was still finding where I played, but ever since I've kind of, um, you know, really started honing in on my technique, I'd say more so like I, I learned about the good technique in college and I really started applying it when I had time afterwards, mm-hmm. to, more so to the drum set and stuff. Um, but I will say definitely, um, o- over time I, I found that the better technique I play with and the more relaxed I play, the longer the sticks last. So for me, sticks will last if I'm, you know, if I'm actively gigging, you know, at least like a month or two ish, I can get wow. away with it. Um, but again, if I'm playing like, you know, it also depends on the bands. You know, if I'm playing like just like freelance stuff and I'm like playing like background music at the Horse Inn or like, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like been in the back of a bar. I'm chilling. I'm chilling like in a giant room where like I'm just like. It's just doing yeah. like smooth jazz. Not not too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if I'm playing like on tour, like I'm going to bring like probably like four to five pairs of sticks and I'll probably go through half of them you know at least and i i will say like the the technique stuff um ever since i started teaching with my my friend brian like he's super like into like all the technique stuff so i'll i'll just sit down on a pad with him and talk to him about technique which is good because when you can watch it's almost like looking in the mirror right exactly when you can watch somebody and be like hey like oh your left hand's slicing a little bit you know like little things like that that you just wouldn't notice because you're so close to the source and that's another thing you have to be so in control of your entire body yep um, that was one thing because it it made me so mad. But uh, my <laughs> my my drum instructor would always be like, "You got to keep practicing your uh, paradiddles and mm-hmm. make sure that whenever uh, you had you know whatever accent, bad, yeah. uh, whatever accent was the same as your other accent." Oh on yeah, because your left hand is like a little yep, weaker. My yep. left hand is always a little weaker, and it would always I'd always have to push a little harder, and it felt unnatural. Yeah, it feels so unnatural to yeah. Because naturally, you're, uh, if you're right-hand dominant, your left hand is going to be weaker no matter what you're doing with it. Always. So always. and But your brain doesn't clock that. To you, it's just the same th- same amount of pressure, same amount of whatever. Yeah. But when you're actually like listening to it, you can actually hear 
how different I'm, I'm doing horrible things. I haven't drummed in years. Um, <laughs> no one could tell. No one could tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, dude, I, I totally feel you on that. And, and I always, I always tell my students a lot of times, like uh, you'll hear it um, more so when you go to do like a fill. So you're like, boom, and then we chat, 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 chat. It'll be like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, kind of like, you can just hear that, that nuance, but micro accents almost. Yeah, exactly. And because the right hand is just like, yo, I got this. And left hand is like, I got it. <laughs> I'm just going along for the I'm ride. Going for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, I always uh, say you either got to match your left hand to your right, or vice versa, or vice versa. Bring your right hand down, you know, because um, I I know for me that's usually the the case. It's not that my left hand isn't getting up; it's more so that my right hand is just like too confident in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like oh, like I'm like like that that I feel like almost my right hand is just like overly zealous. You know, it'll just like kind of like oh no, even my arm will sometimes go mm-hmm. up because it's it knows what it's doing. My yeah. left hand is like I'm more focused on my left hand, so it's it's. Uh, my right hand is getting all the time to itself. Exactly, it's doing it's doing what it wants. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you think about just like the way the drum sets oriented, at least like your right hand is doing most of the strokes, especially like with grooves, right? Yeah, yeah. right. So your right hand gets a lot more reps. So <laughs> we've gone a long way. Yeah, from the we're story. just drumming. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this is good. This is stuff people don't know. Um, yeah. What are some like? You can be really dangerous when you do drums in regards oh, yeah. to like like health wise mm-hmm. what are some uh exercises you can do to protect your hands and your wrists um so a big thing that i i like to tell at least all my students and this goes for anybody playing any instrument is make sure you just warm up you know when you take like even you know five minutes just to kind of like focus on whatever technique uh you're working on or even whatever part of your technique you're trying to get better um, if you just take five minutes to get started and get yourself warmed up, like it'll make a big difference in the long run, you know, just really kind of focusing in for like five minutes on like, Oh man, that left hand slice. Let me just like make sure that that's not happening. Okay. And then when you go to practice, like you're not going to nail it every single time, but I think that that's uh, a big proponent of like, you know, overcoming those things. And also, especially with drumming is making sure you stay relaxed because mm-hmm. the, the yes. whenever you go to play faster notes or busier beats, you're going to tense up. So the, the natural reaction is for your body to kind of like, you know, oh, I gotta, I gotta get this. But really, it's like the opposite. You almost want it to like kind of like you want to let the six rebound more. Yeah, you want to relax, and and it's gonna help you. If you're tensed up, you're gonna have to make more motor controls, which is gonna overstress your muscles. Mm-hmm. And one one of the things I used to do, or was used, to, they used to give me a drumstick, and I'd hold it like this. Yeah, and like hold hold it out like that, so that way it's stretching my, uh, stretching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah like my wrist muscles. Wrist. Yep, and working on that because. Oh my gosh, my my father, he was a really a really good local uh, drummer, and he's starting to get arthritis in his wrist mm-hmm. because he just play overplayed a lot, yeah, and didn't stretch out. And that that's another thing that goes with like warming up is stretching out too. Like I try to like the days that I feel best are like the days that I wake up in the morning and like actually like stretch my my body in general too. You know, like I like it doesn't have to be like crazy yoga. I try no. to do yoga sometimes, but even just stretching your body and just kind of like. Instead of just rolling out of bed and drinking coffee, like rolling out of bed and drinking a cup of water and just like stretching yourself out, it, it makes a big difference. And especially your, uh, like your action, not just like bending over, but like moving around your ankle. That's mm-hmm. like, like your extreme limbs, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, working on the, on the pedals is going to destroy and it's going to build so much muscle, but you yeah. got to make sure that they're nice and loose. Like, like you're just rolling your ankle around is going to be what you're going to feel way much more comfortable 
yeah. you're going to be way looser and more relaxed. Yeah. If you don't stretch, it's going to make you tense up regardless. For sure. And there are some days where I like, uh, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I forget to do that kind of stuff. Well, everybody and then, does. Exactly. And then I, I feel like I'll like, you know, teach and I'm not really teaching anything super difficult or beyond me like every single day, you know? So mm-hmm. like, I'll like use that as an excuse to warm up and I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, this is not a warm up because then like, you know, later in the day I'll teach like a double kick lesson. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm just like, uh, I'm not ready for this. Like, like I'll be like, just like, let's just play around for like a minute. Like I'm like, I'm like going to warm myself up while they warm right. themselves. I'm like, have you played today? No. All right, cool. Let's just play a little bit. Cause like, you know, you got to make sure that like your body's prepared for that stuff. Yeah. You're loose. You're having your correct posture. Cause you got mm-hmm. to get into the space. Cause even posture, like drum drumming is it's important you have really good posture because if yeah. you're hunched over like this, you're not going to be able to have the reach versus for sure. Yeah. Sitting straight up. That's I'm pretty guilty of that too. Like, uh, my one, uh, I, I did my internship at this place called noise little critter and, uh, it's with this guy named Mike Bartzik, who's an incredible engineer. Um, but he's a really, really amazing drummer too. Actually. He was, he was in a lot of like Philly punk bands in like the late eighties and nineties. And, uh, the one thing he always like says to me is this like, uh yeah dude, he's like you play with such bad posture because like when i get really into it i like kind of bend down mm, bend down into yeah, it yeah i get i kind of get a, like a little low like i kind of like and he's like yeah dude your posture is like awful so i always hear him in my head just like sit up i'm like oh, okay okay okay, okay, okay. Right, okay. It, even even yeah right even now i'm <laughs> yeah, like okay now, like, gotta gotta <laughs> gotta relax and and sit up and yeah. oh that was one of the things i hated about band class was the chairs uh, that forced you to sit up right mm-hmm. they were um, so uncomfortable if you didn't yeah so uh, you kind of going back to your story, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of grew up with that, and then you went into marching band. Yep, yeah. So uh, what happened for me was um, I started taking drum set lessons, and I had a really bad experience with my with middle school band. Like the band director, really? just yeah, he just wasn't really a, a, a nourishing uh, force for me, mm. um, and um, kind of used my my drum set lessons uh you know like when you're in school, middle school you have the option to take lessons with the teacher or if you're taking outside lessons oh, do you? yeah at least I, I did it, yeah. yeah so basically what it was was you like uh when you're in middle school band like if you're taking outside lessons like you don't necessarily have to take lessons with whoever the director is and uh, from the get-go i didn't really enjoy him all that much so i didn't and then he would kind of always use that as an excuse to not teach me the actual things that I needed to teach, which again, I should have been a little bit more, I probably should have been a better student, but he definitely should have been a better teacher. Cause I've actually had students that have come through like my personal teaching studio that have said the same things about this, this guy. So anyway, I just had a bad experience with him. But when I went, went to high school, um, we had just gotten a new band director. Um, and he was absolutely unreal. Like uh, just truly inspirational, just like an absolutely amazing amazing guy his name was adam gumble and uh he um uh kind of uh i was i was in indoor drumline i was playing drum set for indoor drumline and i kind of he was like yeah dude we really need another tenor player and i'm like ah i don't really want to do that it's just like such a big time commitment and i don't for those who don't know a tenor yeah. is five drums five drums yeah so it's like the in marching band so it's like the pitch toms uh that they march around with and those are like the heaviest things like <laughs> besides the glockenspiel besides the glockenspiel yes yes i always made that point clear to whatever are you serious the glockenspiel is heavier oh yeah because it's like all the bars are metal that's first true. off that's true and then you have like the whole wooden giant apparatus to hold that and then, and then the harness and then the harness <laughs> which the only thing they gave us was so like there was you know the shoulder straps mm-hmm. no back support by the way nope uh just two forks to yep. hold all yep. of that weight that's how my college center is where it was awful 
it was rough. But yeah, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a heavy, lot of, it's, it's heavy. heavy. It's heavy and you're out there in the summertime for like ever. And, and you're wearing these god awful uniforms. The wool uniforms in August and September, brutal. But yeah, again, the, all of those things are the negatives to why you shouldn't do marching band. But those are literally the only things that are negative about it because everything else about marching band it's so is rewarding. Un- unreal. Yeah, I've never been more like driven to be good at something than I was in high school at that. For for some reason, like in, oh, yeah. in those moments, it felt like you know. Obviously, like I've had drive to do other things throughout my life, but I feel like that really like got myself together because I only had a few hours a day to not mm-hmm. even hours like to do homework. You know, I like I had like an hour, so I had to make sure I got everything done in that hour before band or after band. You You're know, best than I am. Yeah, well, and, and then on top of that, like making sure that you had your music memorized because like oh, yeah, uh, there were sure. so many times where you'd get called out and if you are the at the end of that stick, like you're just, you don't, it's not even that they're mad at you. It's just like you've let people down. Yeah, it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So for, for me, like that was a, a big proponent because I, I was like, it was later on in high school. I hadn't been doing any band stuff and he was kind of like, no, you should definitely like join band. Like you're pretty good. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And that was daunting because at the time, like I was really good at reading drum set music, but where I kind of got a little off was I couldn't really relate. I didn't understand how drum set music connected to notes, like on a page, like a snare music. I really just couldn't put the two together for some reason. Like I could see, okay, well, I have eighth notes in my right hand. This is coming in between. Okay, I can kind of like coordinate mm-hmm. my limbs like this. And then as soon as I would read, like, I'm like, I'm like uh, uh, oh, uh, so uh, when, uh. when rudiments combine, mm-hmm. yeah, gotcha. yeah, or like you know, reading drags and flams and yep, stuff like yep. that. Like it was way above me, but kind of forcing myself. I, I realized at that point that was also the point in high school where my mom kind of kind of forced my hand to uh let me know that i was gonna be going to college <laughs> i didn't gotcha. I, I think we talked about this a little bit uh before like in our previous like you know hang, oh, hangs yep. and stuff um but yeah i i uh i did not want to go to college and my mom was very much like look like you got three dead grandparents and uh they left you money to go to college so you're going to college so i'm grateful the, for the fact that she pushed me into it but she was pretty much like you can do whatever you want like you can you I go want, to college I, for yeah, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, You're just you going can, to college. Exactly, exactly. So again, like one of those things that, like, looking back on it, like I'm so grateful that that was a uh, like an opportunity that I had because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. Um, but I realized that like uh, if I was going to go to college, it was for anything. It was going to be music. So that's the point in high school, like sophomore, junior year, where I was like, all right, time to get serious about music and at least like you know be a little bit more well-rounded so that's when i joined band and then marching band and then from then on it was pretty much just that for the last like two and a half years of high school (laughs) and and marching band is such uh it's so awesome Mm -hmm. not only does it it's a sport it really is yes um people will say it's not but no you're working out you're you're gaining muscle i have casts of steel dude because you should see our calves Corey's our calves our calves are gigantic man huge um and they've always I, I also played soccer so, oh, so there you even, go. even more so <laughs> even right? more so yeah um so I can walk all sorts of ways yeah <laughs> I can, you know what I mean? can crab step I can back step I, I can I can I can walk and drink water without spilling it all over me because that's I know actually to, a real problem people have. I know I know <laughs> I'm aware yeah. I'm so aware I, I take that for granted too <laughs> I know right because I cause, well because in marching you have to learn how to step front uh heel to toe it's mm-hmm. heel to toe. And so it's so smooth. You can literally like, uh, I flex on people because they <laughs> they have to stop. And I'm like, oh yeah, watch this. And I just start like, drinking water as I'm walking. Wall. Yeah. And they're like, you don't wear Yeah. 
and I'm actually really coordinated because I went to drum major academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they have the uh, march offs, right? Oh yeah, where you where they call out uh, directions, and if you get it wrong, it's pretty much like Simon says. Yeah. But um, if you get it wrong, they pull you out, and then you get like a reward if you do it. And there's like just about face or uh, half turn, mm-hmm. right? Whatever uh, stuff that I can't remember now. But um, <laughs> I was really good at it. Yeah. I was I was insanely good at it, and and. Now I have the dexterity to turn on a dime, even though I'm I've not practiced in a while, but I can still do it. Yeah, and I can walk for in a surprisingly large amount of time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Earth Walkers. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I loved it. I I will say that like I have students that come to me and they are a little hesitant with doing marching band, and I get that because you know it it's is a, a huge a time thing, com- yep. commitment. And I found that a lot of younger people. These days, like I, I don't know about you, we're we're probably like just on the cuff of the, mm-hmm. the same generation. But um, I feel like for me, like when I found something, that's like all I did. You know, I wasn't really doing like I was doing band uh, or I was doing like volleyball and drum set, and then I kind of like transitioned from volleyball over to like marching band full time, and then um, that's pretty much all I did. Like mm-hmm. I was doing one or two things. You know what I mean? Like uh, everyone else kind of doing everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, like it's kids have like they're playing like two or three sports. You know, they're taking lessons. They're taking piano lessons as well as drum lessons, and and that's totally cool. I I understand that parents want to keep their kids busy, um, but sometimes it's I feel out. like it's burnout. Yeah, and it's it's like quantity over quality. You know, yeah. like I, I exactly. I, it's like Bruce Lee said it best. I I fear the man who has practiced. That one kick ten thousand times than a person who's practiced every single move once. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yep. Um, and it's that's it's so true that uh, because I was almost kind of like that. I did I did uh sports. I did soccer. I did band at the same time. I did uh theater as well at the same time oh, man. as well. That's a commitment. Too. Um, yeah. Well, that was and I, I had to quit one of those when I decided. Oh, uh, I'm actually getting the lead for Shrek. Oh, I'm going to yeah. be Shrek. Wow. Um, nice. So I, awesome. I had to choose one, and I was like, well, obviously, I'm going to be Shrek because, you yeah. know, that, that was the meme back then. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, and I wasn't I wasn't doing that well in soccer. I was just uh, junior varsity, and I was, you know, a defender. Yeah, but it was I wasn't, fun, but you weren't getting a ton of playing I wasn't time, getting a ton yeah. of playing. Oh, I did get a, I, I did get well, a, I guess for a, JV, I got a yeah, decent yeah. amount of playing time, but it was it was more of just that, well, this is tiring. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I wasn't super, I wasn't. I was fit as a kid, but I I didn't have that endurance to go on for yeah, a long stamina, time. The yeah. stamina was I was fit, but with soccer you got to run all the, the time. Whole time. Yeah, and, the whole time. And um, I just didn't have that capacity to keep going like that. Whereas for for marching band, yeah, it was like just like thirty minutes of walking around for the shows yeah in regards to the practice it was a lot longer i feel like the it, marching band is more of a mental stamina it's more of a mental stamina, physical, absolutely yeah 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 because walking yeah that does take its toll every once in a while and and if you have to move like 10 yards and five counts yeah or like You're well technically like it'd be eight or 16 mm-hmm. counts but got haul butt yeah. across the field mm-hmm. it's gonna be a lot uh it's it's much more a mental thing yeah, and you're kind of just like it's like you were saying like with the back thing. Like I when I first started playing tenors, I wore a back brace. I was the only one out there with a back brace, but I don't give a crap. Like I was like, no way, I'm gonna I'm going to wear this back brace like a loon. Yeah, like, I wish I had done that. They, it, honestly, it, it really helped for the first like I'd say like month or two. Then I stopped wearing it. Like I, as soon as we were like actually in uniforms, I wasn't wearing it. But like band camp, I was like, I'm wearing this. Like I'm. It probably saved you a lot of pain too, because band yeah. camp is no joke. People don't realize how. It, the the common phrase is always one more time and it's never one more time it's never yep. it, 
anything in the arts is never once more. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, how I always, that's how I've always heard it. It's yep. never once more. It's, it's always never. five at least. Yeah. And then you hardly ever get water breaks because – and that's not the fault of the teachers. That's just, just the nature people forget. Yeah, and you can't really – like there, there's like a – Kind of like in any sport too, like there's a flow to it. Mm-hmm, there's you know? a flow, yes. Like there, you have to like you know get this amount of reps in, or you have to like okay, let's do this this point, this start point to this end point real quick. Yep. Let's oh, start, oh, oh let's that wasn't that good. Let's do it, yep. let's do this again. Like okay, you always had your hit points, like you know mm-hmm. within openers and ballads and closures and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I I totally I totally resonate with that because like that 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 you were saying it's no one will admit that it's a sport, but until you've actually done it, you cannot say one way or the other because yeah, it is. Cause not only do you have to walk across the field in these bulky suits with these heavy mm-hmm. instruments, no matter if you have a, cause if you have a flute up here, it's going to wear off for a while. If you're doing that for on your arms, you're just on holding, your arms, it, just you're holding, holding it, just holding it. No one can just do this. No like, one can do. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, do this for, for 30 minutes. Tell you how, tell me how yeah, you feel. Afterwards. Everybody watching right now, just put your hands up and hold it for like, you know, five minutes. You'll be like, Oh dang. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Not to mention you have to hold like a metal instrument oh, yeah. or like a saxophone or even like holding it like that. That's going to wear on you. Mm-hmm. A trombone. Not you know, be doing this all the time yeah trump you gotta hold it up here your upper basically your upper body is still unless you're like you know with the mouth stuff mm-hmm. in your fingers but and then the lower half of your body is just hauling just around the field. hauling around the field and you got to breathe while playing <laughs> yep and that that it's hard because if you're not in shape i often tell people like if you want to get in shape as a kid if you want your kid to get in shape don't have them like join soccer or whatever because they'll just get you know run out of energy so quickly and they'll just like give up but if you give something like music to them not only is there the 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 prospect of yay they get to make noise and and get to have fun but they're also getting to work hard and they're going to lose a lot of they're going to get they're going to get in shape Mm -hmm. uh no matter what like all of my friends um even the bigger ones they slim down over over the because it's impossible you got to breathe you got to learn how you got to have that long endurance you're going to have to have that the foot endurance, yeah. the heels and the calves, and they're gonna they're gonna bulk up, yeah, a little and, bit. And, and even just standing at attention oh is gosh, challenging. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah. You're waiting for someone to just be like, oh, I don't even remember what the release word is. Um, it's it's parade rest. Parade rest. Yeah, and you're just like, and you're like, oh god, thank you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone leans back, is like, uh. yes. Oh, I, I, it was either lean back or lean forward, and just like hold, holding your drum set uh, or holding your tenors up. Yeah, and I, I found that actually, like, I have a, I have one student that, it's funny, he uh, he never showed really any interest in marching band this whole time. He's really into, like, making, like, hip-hop beats and stuff, so mm. a lot of our lesson has been focusing on, like, concert band stuff and, you know, actually, like, going, like, like, kind of, like, replicating those hip-hop beats, but he actually just started getting into marching band, like, on a whim. Like, his one friend, like, just wanted to audition, and he went with him, and his mom actually marched, like, uh, Jersey surf and stuff, oh, wow. and he was never, never really even mentioned marching band at all. I was just like, okay, cool, like whatever. And he's he's like, yeah, I went to the marching band meeting. It was pretty cool. I was just like, oh crap. And he got on baseline as like a freshman, which is impressive because he had yeah. never read bass music before. I'm like, he's like, can you show me how to read this? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, which bass do you want to be? He's like, I, I really want to be bass too. I'm like, well, that's the most challenging one, so let's do it. And really? he and he got it, yeah. So I was like super proud because it was literally like in a like maybe month period where he decided that he was going to try marching band and now he's like all in 
Well, I, I tell you what, the first time like I ever saw like a drumline video, I was like, I want to do that. Yes. Yep. And, and that's it's it's literally it's the coolest thing ever. Especially watching them at like the you know the peak w, levels. Yeah, WGI and stuff like oh that. Oh my gosh! Like, like or like the Queens, yeah. or like the Queens drum set, like, whatever they call that mm-hmm. over in England. Mm-hmm. But like or like the arm, like the legit actual army stuff that they yeah. do. Oh my gosh! It's so cool. The presidential yep. drumline. I think yeah. is that what it's called? I think so. Presidential or something like the one in America. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually um, know one of the guys who plays tenors on that oh, line. That's wild. It's, it's crazy, and it's, he, and his job is literally just to play tenors. I'm like that's. So it's cool. yeah, and and oh my gosh, it's so it's my my band uh, my drumline didn't have the the capacity or the wherewithal to do like the different bass because we had different bass sizes. But it's do, hard to do that, dude. Yeah, it is hard to coordinate. It's like almost handbells, but mm-hmm. f- but for bass, um, and it, we we never had we never did stuff like that. But um, yeah, like almost have it's it's basically like a tenor drum, but spread across five people. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That that honestly, so snare tenors like they're hard in them in themselves, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to learn all that music and stuff. But baseline is the hardest position. Oh, absolutely. Like straight up, like it, like I'm surprised that such young kids get put on baseline, but and that that is how you learn to count and get right. really really oh, good. Absolutely. But like imagine just being like instead of going like da da do da da digga digga da, you have to go to gut. The gut. <laughs> yeah, it's a stuttered. It's really it's stuttered uh, playing. Imagine really. practicing that. You have to like you have to kind of know the whole part. Like a dig a dig boop a dig do. All right, cool. And then you have to go gut gut. What? It's it's almost like you're like yeah. It's just like yeah, right. And right. Not only not only to mention that they can't even see over. A lot of times Go. over their drums, they have to walk sideways. Mm-hmm. Crab walk, I think it's called. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like so when everyone step, else whatever. is moving like forward, they're sidestepping, and when everyone else is moving side to side, they're front stepping. Dude, yeah. I, dude, the process of learn because none of the I don't think that any of the other band they can literally just turn their bottom half and go and like still face the yeah. front but for us drummers no we had to side crap like side step, uh, over yep. behind over behind oh sidestep over behind and learning that oh my gosh was that torture especially like the, when you first learn you're like this isn't that bad and then you put the drums on you're like oh yeah damn. and then and then you, you you know if you're on real yeah. earth that's worse oh if, yeah. but if you're on turf it's okay but if it's on like real actual or a ground black uh, blacktop like asphalt I never, like in a parking lot? I never... Oh, yeah, we did like, have you know, to do like that. In, in pra- competitions that's when we practiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we, we didn't really do competitions. But all, all of our shows were on... Uh, we had a real like uh, earth. Field. We had real earth. Oh, okay, like, okay. Like cut grass and everything. Oh, so there was like wow. kind of potholes sometimes. Yep, or little... Little yeah. divots. Uh, they're not potholes. It's not a road. But you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because um, I've twisted my ankle yes, <laughs> one or two times. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember we would do competitions and it would be like... At, uh, specifically, I Lancaster Catholic. Like they just have an an all earth mm-hmm. field, you know, like grass. But like I remember, like so many times, like people would just eat it because oh, like yes. it was like that, and like the red line field up over in New York, like those fields were like they were beautiful fields, like you know they were great. But for marching band, awful because you would just like you just hit like we would be like okay at uh, the forty five, like just like five yards behind the hashes, like make sure mm-hmm. you're watching that, like there's a hole over there, like. And not not only to mention that the field changes once the game starts because exactly. everyone's tackling each other. There's cleats that have like an inch of like solid metal going into yeah, going sure. into the but earth. It, it was like game. It, it was like game planning. Yeah. Like you're like like it's different. Like so, if you're like uh, usually if you're the home band, like you'll go first, and yes. then the away band goes at halftime. 
but right. Oh really? Uh, no, well, no, no, no. It might be the other way around. Um, I can't remember. I we never actually did that. What? Uh, well, our schools. Well, our school systems were very, very small. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And not that well funded. So yeah. So yeah. it would it would oftentimes be that, uh, for example, maybe before the sh- before the show, uh, the other cheerleader squad would come over and do a thing for us, and then. Gotcha. Uh, but that was it. That was that was literally it. For the halftime, it was whoever's home field it was. Oh, okay, okay. And then yeah, we got the, we got the watch. Yeah. So when we would when we would play, it would be like we would do either the halftime show at home or uh, if we were away. Sometimes they'd let us do a pre-show. But honestly, I feel like by my senior year, we weren't going to away games. We only went to like one away game my senior year because it was like a playoff game. Mm. And we got annihilated. Football team wise, but uh, well, a lot of the time we were like doing cavalcade and stuff. So every weekend we were doing like competitions and stuff, which was epic. It was it was incredible, and like that's like that's like what I loved so much about it was like a Friday. So you go, you have off on Monday. That's when I had drum set lessons. So mm-hmm. then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you got band practice. Whether it's like you know, um, right after school or like Thursday nights were like under the lights because we had the football field or whatever. And then Friday nights were football games. Saturdays were competitions. And Sunday you're just trying to recuperate. You know, that's wild. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was never like that for us. Uh, we only we only had our, our a lot of time in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had like a band camp two weeks before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what whatever else it was just on like you know, Friday nights. Yep. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing is that like marching band is like such a spectrum. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. It depends. It totally depends on how much funding you get. Yeah, and then well, when I went to college, it was kind of similar to what you were saying. We only really practiced like we had a class time for mm-hmm. when band was, you know, and then we practiced two days a week. Uh, and then we did have a band camp before school started, and then we would just play the games on Saturdays. That was it. We we did like maybe like one like featured thing where we would go to like a local high school and play, mm-hmm. but like high school marching band was. I'd go as far as to say, for me, like, 20 to 30 times more intense than college marching band. Because college, like, it was, like, a mixed bag. Like, everyone in high school wanted to be there, and they were 100% committed. In college, for some reason, like, people just kind of looked at it as credit, like, as a class. So, like, some days they'd show up. Some days they would. Yeah, it was. And there were definitely, like, moments where it was like, ah. But there were moments where I would, like, watch back the college show and be like, yo, I feel nothing for this. But if I go back and watch my high school shows, like even the two that I was a part of for the outdoor season, like I get chills because I'm just like, you know, yeah, just so much effort was put into it. I I remember that for, I was drum major mm-hmm. um, for a while, and I put in a lot of effort so for much my time. routine. Yeah, um, but well, because for for my school, everyone everyone tried to do the twirl up and then catch it, but they would always miss. And you're like, I'm not going to be that and guy. I, I am not gonna be that guy. <laughs> I agree. And, and there it. was and there was so much for, I I worked for a long, long time. I had a whole routine. I, I put it under my leg, I did it around the back, I and then just the final thing I'd throw it up, catch it, kneel down, spin it, keep it and spinning. Like, yeah. And dude, no. Literally the first the game, it, uh, this is a moment I will never forget. People are like, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. They, they had never seen my routine. Yep. And they, they didn't even like, know wait. what was happening just for them. For just wait. Just wait. <laughs> and I threw it up. Crowd goes quiet. And and I catch it, and they're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Nothing Every, like everyone it. Everyone is cheering. Yep. And, uh, and, and I got chills dude, just, just hearing that. Dude, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. know. And that was uh, – and, you know, every other time I did it, nothing ever happened because they – but the first but time, the first time they, yeah. they went, they went insane. The entire crowd, and yeah. I was like, yeah. "No, for sure, yeah." And it definitely was the same thing in high school throughout the season. Like the first time we played, like like early August, early September, or whatever. Like the fans would kind of be like, 
Well, okay, whatever. And mm-hmm. then we like get to the first big hit. Everyone's just like, "Wow!" Oh yeah. my gosh! But then after the season like was going, they're just like, "They did it better last week." Right, it's exactly. Like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's exactly how small town USC is. It's like they, when when they do it really good the first time, they're like, "Oh wow, wow. they are she got something going on here." And then and then by the by the like the third or fourth week, it's like. Yeah, I kind of like the other bands. Yeah, I, I don't really recognize these tunes. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because, well, and that was the other thing is the difference in college versus high school was high school, like, I was I was so fortunate because Hempfield, like, music program was amazing. And, 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 well, dude, honestly, I didn't even say go as far as say most of the major high schools in Lancaster put their money where their mouth is when it comes to music, like Manheim Township. Uh, Hempfield. Um, I noticed know. that. That yeah, wasn't the case for us. At yeah, all. but I, where, where did you go to high school? Oh, I went... Salisbury, Maryland, like Dunbar oh, High yeah, School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but we had uh, at least our four years were some of the best years for the band. I, I yeah, believe. and 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 that's like the difference too is like uh, I feel like you know when you have kids that are into it, like that probably helped the future. Oh yeah, no, you know? our drum line and our, everyone in our band at that time was so heavily into it. We really mm-hmm. to, when I look back at it, when I look at the band today, I'm like, wow, man, it was it was really something when we were a part of it. Yeah, but for sure. Today I I realize that they're not really all in that into it. They don't really put on very good performances and and but when when we were a part of it, like we were getting like high praise yeah. uh, for it. And I I know that because all of us were really really practicing yeah. all the time. It made a difference, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I I noticed so like when we were in high school it was all like uh original music. Like mm. it was like brand new music. Like no one had ever heard it. It was like a th- concept, you know? Really? Yep. And it was, it was like a WGI show. Like it was like, we had somebody write our drill for us. We had somebody write the music for us. No way. And then I went to college and it was pretty much like pop tunes, which again, we did a pretty good job with. Like I, I was, thought, I thought, the best. Pop tunes well, no. And that's, that's kind of what a lot of marching band is. And I, I understand that. And we, I thought we did it pretty well for, you know, only practicing two days a week at, in college and it being like a class. There's only so much you can do when the teacher is like you know doing everything. Right. Um, so, um, but I, uh, it was just like a different experience, like being like, okay, cool, we're playing creep for marching band, and right. versus like I have to like listen to this song, and even if it's the MIDI track, like I have to listen to how my part fits in with the mm-hmm. this completely different song that I've never experienced before. So that was that was always really cool, like bringing something like new to life. Because th- again, like sometimes people were like, wow, this is incredible, and sometimes people were like. Yeah, I didn't hear any like Beyonce, and I'm like, yeah. Well, that's sorry. the point. Yeah, yeah that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the point. I'm like, to, just put that out of your mind for a second. Yeah, give, right. G- well, give me ten minutes. <laughs> right. Um, we're kind of we kind of steamed through. I, I hope you guys our... really like marching band. No, so... I I love marching band. Yeah, I, yeah. I could not care less that this episode was no dude, based that, off yeah, of marching band. I hope that if anybody has taken away that they want to do marching band or encouraged someone they know to do marching band out of this episode, we have done our oh, job. Oh yes, dude, marching. It's so, like I literally could not um, encourage it more. Yeah, that marching band. Like even if you're not in the drum line. Just doing something with your with your body with with, with your, your time with your time yeah. with your hands because it's such a rewarding process. Like yeah, for for example, if you do sports like like other sports like football or soccer, you can lose. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. And that's gonna feel that's gonna feel awful a lot. And yeah, especially if you put your heart and time into it, it's gonna you know. But with with music, it's. There's not really a losing unless you're at like a competition. Yeah. But even then, yeah, yeah, even then, like you can go and you can like give your heart and soul and still like and not win, but still feel like but dang, still feel I, I on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and especially if if your school isn't doing competitions, you, yeah, you, you're, you're never losing. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's really only like there's only positive sides to it, you know. Right. Like I, I will say, being in competing bands, like definitely had like it was a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Like it was emotional as hell. Like like being on a sports team, you know, wins and losses, whatever. You know, high percussion days where we literally were the reason that we lost. You know, like that right. that kind of thing. But at the at the same time, like there was never a moment where I was just like this wasn't worth my time. You know, it was mm. always, always worth it. Even if we out of like, you know, we show up and there were only three bands we were competing with and we got third still worth it. Still worth it. Still it's worth it. So much more fun. Mm-hmm. And you get the, cause you not only do you get to perform, but you also get to watch other people do their craft as well. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's the other thing is like meeting and like having common talk. Like we literally have never talked about marching band other than briefly in our right. free phone call. And we literally just talked about it for almost an hour Exactly, because that's how important it was to both of us. Yeah. Even on two completely different ends of the, the spectrum of marching bands. Right. Which is, which is and crazy. That's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if you're like top of the line marching band or just, I would consider Delmar at the time would be bottom of the bucket because um, we only had like what 30 people yeah and uh, I know so many other people that have like hundreds mm-hmm. of people in their high school by the way yep uh, but all, all of us was just 30 people we made it work and, and the community was just they weren't supportive in money but they were supportive in support <laughs> and, and, and the community was better for you guys being that right into, exactly you know? it, it, and it brought us better more together anyway yeah. Um, but ending off our radio time, you are a performer in many bands. Mm-hmm. So we have a few songs from them. Do you yeah. want to introduce one of them? Yeah. So uh, I, the first one is uh, called Hot Commodity by Sun Not Yellow. Uh, this is a band that I play drums in. Um, we, we recorded and uh, tracked this all ourselves. Uh, I guess it was, I can't remember the year, probably like 2018 and we released it in 2019. Um, so it's it's off an EP called Howard Ohio, which is our first attempt at a concept album. Mm. So basically, the concept at the time was trying to. It was almost like we end up uh, in a world where we are not connected anymore, like mm. via like cell phones or internet and everything like that. And we're basically trying to figure out and catch our bearings as far as like you know separating ourselves from um, you know what people are telling us to be essentially um or kind of like you know being fed because it's like that's that weird gentle line of like it's like unplugging yourself from the matrix yeah exactly and uh, and also like I, I feel like a lot of times um it's hard to know exactly how you feel about something when you've been raised by you know people who have you know Opinions specific and biases specific, yeah exactly so it's kind of like separating yourself and being like okay well this is the situation what do I think of the situation? Me personally, like mm-hmm. so. Um, so this is called "Hot Commodity" by Sun Not Yellow off of our EP Howard Ohio. Oh, friend. 
you always letter to the truth. I left to chase my intuition. I have to get And that was Hot Commodity by The Sunflower. Sun Not Yellow. Sun Not Yellow. Sun Not Yellow. <laughs> I do like that name, though, The Sunflowers. Oh, The Sunflowers. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, that those are actually two dudes that I've been playing with since I was in college. We we met each other when we were, like, 18. We played in uh, other bands together. But this is probably, like, my, my biggest my biggest passion uh, as far as like drumming goes, but we're going on tour. We're hitting Ohio. So we're doing like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, going to Nebraska for the first time, like in oh, wow. Nebraska. Yeah. And then um, Kansas city, Memphis, Nashville, and Charlottesville. When's so that? uh, that's in, at the end of August. At the end of August. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be August, um, August 4th through the 13th. So we'll be announcing that tour here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Do you have but, any other shows with any of the other bands locally coming up? Yeah, so um, with Sun Not Yellow, we'll be playing. Uh, we haven't announced this yet, but we will be soon. We'll be playing at uh, Phantom Power in Millersville on August 18th. That's a mm. Thursday. And uh, we'll be playing with uh, a couple local bands, a band from Philly, too. Um, so that'll be a good night. And then um, another local show that I have is um, July 29th. I think it's a Friday. Um, that's going to be our Northern Gloom album release show. Yep, yeah, Friday the 29th at TELUS. Um, and that'll be with the bands Faux Fear and Kalimar and the Garland of Arms. They're, uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's an intense name, but they're they're awesome. So they're from Scranton, and then Faux Fear is actually a band from Reading. So around oh, here. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're really cool. So that's July 29th, and that'll be the Northern Gloom album release show. And those are the main local ones that we have. Give me some uh, genre context to the bands. Yeah, so uh, for Sun Not Yellow, I, I, I guess it's, I call it power rock. It kind of reminds me in a way, like I think a big inspiration for us is the band Pavement. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like angular guitar melodies and stuff. Like it's very like um, riff, uh, riff-oriented kind of. Like I think the actual music is just as important as the melodic content. Usually for me, like, a melody is really what brings me into a song, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's a simple drum beat over top of like just an awesome melody really drags me in. But with Sun Not Yellow, I really feel like um, a lot of times with this band, we write the music first, like we'll write the entire song and then we'll write the lyrics later. Gotcha. You know? So yeah, Jesse, the guitar player, like um, in other bands, like he almost always would like, you know, write a lot of the lyrics and he still does a good, a good bit of the lyric writing. But at least for that EP, we actually all wrote the lyrics together, which took a, a long time, but yeah. it was definitely worth it. Yeah. And then, uh, Northern Gloom is kind of like 80s post-punk, so I would kind of describe it. Uh, bands would be like kind of like uh, Joy Division and uh, Killing Joke and like The Cure and stuff like that. So I'm kind of in that in that realm. Um, and that band is uh, kind of um, more so geared for like you know really driving like tom beats and really like simple chord progressions, but like very like open open quarterly as in like there's like like fifths yeah exactly so like yeah yeah well yeah power chords are like just like different tunings where like it's like kind of like you know two to four notes without the whole throughout the whole song but the guitar is like doing all these different melodies within it and we're just kind of like laying a driving foundation for that guitar part to kind of soar over it Mm. and like uh the guitar player and vocalist michael stipe not of rem of Harrisburg (laughs) um (laughs) he uh he does a lot of like the the lyric writing and the songwriting and a lot of times like he has like a vocal effect pedal that kind of like saturates his voice so it's a very kind of like ambient kind of like saturated uh Mm. sound um so that's like kind of the post-punk cult that I'm in um (laughs) and then um 
for whose hands are these uh i kind of the way i i describe it is it's it's uh emotional rock um mm. definitely uh you know could be uh labeled as emo um but i think we kind of have a little bit more uh rock tendencies in us like led zeppelin esque uh we we have led zeppelin esque moments not that anyone can ever be led zeppelin but right. um it's like that kind of mixed with um i th- i i think that pennsylvania has a really really cool like uh e- emo punk scene like uh the menzingers tiger's jaw um, a lot like uh, the, not Joyce Manners from California, but they've had Pennsylvania members throughout their time. Um, so yeah, just like stuff like that, I've, I've really gravitated towards for this band. And actually, the song that we have uh, queued up for "Whose Hands Are These" is a song called "Hurt Me to My Soul" um, that we released back in October. Uh, and actually, we have a, a show uh, at the end of August at Zootropolis. So "Whose Hands Are These" will be playing with uh, Tyler Burkhart and Wellwisher on August 26th at uh, Zootropolis. So. Ooh, that's- uh Zotropolis is an amazing venue if you've oh, never yeah. ever been. They it's, it's so it used to be a cinema house, but they replaced like a lot of the cinema chairs with like couches and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's so nice. Yeah, they have the, some of the best brunch in town. <laughs> so oh, you, the you, food is also. Oh great. my god, yeah. So you, I, I highly recommend their brunch, and then like you can get like a matinee. So that what they'll do is they'll do like you know brunches, and then they'll have like matinee and some some like they're more like an independent movie house, like this kind of like that obscure stuff. Like they were showing like Parasite before Parasite was like a big thing. Right. Yeah. You know? Um. They, they do they do movies and like and live music yep. and shows. And there was I I went to a comedy show. That, oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was super cool, super awesome. You should definitely check them out if you want a unique experience. Yeah, most definitely. They do uh they do this thing called Steal Your Sundays where they have like a dead band that really? comes in. Yeah, it's all just local dudes who just love the Grateful Dead and they're all for the most part from Lancaster whereabouts and they just get together like every it's like once a month and it's just called Steal Your Sundays. They just Steal Your Sundays and they play for like three hours. Wow. And I'm not even kidding you, dude. Those guys like are just that into the dead that they can just get together and do it. I think Wild. I think they basically have a set list and they all just learn it and come together and they just absolutely shred. And those guys are awesome. So that's like another thing. They they do a lot of really, really cool stuff. So if you're uh, around Lancaster or even in just the Pennsylvania area, definitely check out their schedule. They got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And that's Zotropolis at Z-E-O-Tropolis. Tropolis. C- <laughs> oh, so C-O-E, not Z. Z-O-E, yeah. Z-O-E, Tropolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this next... Uh, song hurt me hurt me to my soul what's it about uh so this song t- uh is actually a song that i uh co-wrote with my friend uh jeremiah uh jeremiah Kreider. he actually is a, a poet that i went to college with him and my other friend jared goss um both of them are like really awesome poets so sometimes if i'm like kind of caught in a rut like i'll just kind of text them and be like hey do you guys have any like you know words or like you know poems that you're not doing anything with that i can just like you know kind of take some ideas from and this actually was a song that i I demoed out with like, uh, I guess it's the, uh, like 80s like fake drums. And like I wrote this whole song like just kind of on a whim. I was just kind of like hanging out in my basement. And I just like used like these two or three lines that Jeremiah had and then kind of like went off on them. So to, the, to me, this song is kind of about, um, uh, and then we, we ended up rearranging it with our full band. And to me, this song is kind of about um, realizing um, kind of how you impact people and how you can easily, uh, you know, hurt someone without realizing it Mm. and how um you know uh, as humans we all have you know wants and desires and um those wants and desires are different than the actual needs that we have so Mm. the needs are you know the you know uh, needs to me are kind of like things that uh you can't go without 
um, like you know, certain relationships, certain friendships, and stuff like that that oh, you just okay. like need in your like life. Food, water, and food, food, and water, and that stuff too. But more so, like, because I feel like almost that stuff uh, is it's something like, is something that we just have. Duh. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And we definitely still need those for sure. But like, it's like almost like the food and water of like life. Right. You know, like the people that you surround yourselves with, and the the things that you choose to like, you know, utilize spend your time spend with time and... with and stuff. So, um, this is kind of like going back and forth between the things that you want and the things that you need. And kind of trying to figure out what that is and with that said this is hurt me to my soul by whose hands are these That was Hurt Me to My Soul from... Uh, the Blue Nuance EP uh, by Whose Hands Are These? Where can yeah. they find your bands? So we have a we have a bunch of link trees that you guys can check out in the comments, but um, on all streaming services, you can check out Whose Hands Are These, uh, Northern Gloom, or Sun Not Yellow. Any, any place that you listen to music, we're there. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to go off the radio and talk more about his... He owns a studio, if you don't know. So if you want to listen yeah. to that conversation, you can head over to... Facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen at C O R Y R O S E N. You can find us on all streaming platforms, which in uh by searching the same thing, the story Corey Rosen. That's C O R C O R Y R O S E N. I give I give so much crap to people who can't spell my name and I can't spell my <laughs> I was name. Say you were gonna add a D, weren't you? <laughs> right. Um well no, it's, no. 
I'm the almost dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. I can't. I struggle with words. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, if you make sure to follow, make sure to like us, make sure to share. If you really think that other people should enjoy it, because that's how we get most of our support is through you guys sharing. Thank you guys so much. And we're going to get you guys back to the radio. All right. So you guys, you own a studio. Yep. How did that come about? So, uh, my, uh, teaching partner, Brian and I, uh, were, um, looking for a new space. We were teaching at drums, et cetera, which is an awesome local drum shop. Um, but we just kind of caught wind or kind of like started to put the pieces together. They were going to downsize and, um, usually with any downsizing, like you're going to have people who aren't going to make the cut and not that we wouldn't have been those people, but we assumed that when they changed locations, they would have a smaller teaching studio, Mm. um, which is exactly what happened. Um, they ended up downsizing. They have one guitar studio and one drum studio when before they had five drum studios, you know, like, yeah, there were a lot of people like I, I would be willing to bet if anyone's ever taught drum lessons in Lancaster, they taught at drums, et cetera. Cause that was like the spot, you know? Um, so we kind of caught wind that they were going to downsize. So Brian and I, kind of did some math and realized that if we went in together, we would be paying a lot less for a space if we just, you know, pulled our resources together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, we ended up finding this space over by American bar and grill, uh, on Elizabeth Avenue. And, uh, we really liked the teach the, the spot itself was in, pretty rough shape. It literally looked like a punk band had been recording in there for years and, you know, not doing anything else with it. Um, so we, we uh, got one room and we ended up, you know, converting that. It took us about, you know, maybe like two months of like solid work to really get everything ready. And we did that, I guess we got the space in like September of 2019 and worked through October and November to get it up. And we were pretty much in there teaching by December of 2019. So right before the uh, 2020. And then in March, the pandemic hit. So we uh, luckily that, that uh, we got, I got really lucky because I had just moved into Lancaster City from like rural Lancaster. Uh, and when the pandemic hit, I definitely couldn't teach in my apartment because mm-hmm. we were in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Brian was able to teach from his house in Downingtown. And then I was able to teach him in the studio throughout the pandemic virtually. So it, it worked out really, really well. And then basically what happened was we were paying our rent. Um, and the landlord just kind of approached us and was like, Hey, like I have these other spaces that I know are band practice spaces. And I just, they they just don't pay rent consistently. Like, do you guys think you'd be able to like you know facilitate this and pay rent consistently? And it was a pretty hefty ask because we were almost, I mean, almost like quadrupling what our rent would be. But we knew that if we got enough bands in there, it would definitely be an endeavor worth doing, and also a spot for the community because right now with the community club um, selling off the building, and there's just really not a lot of rehearsal spaces in Lancaster. Um, so we kind of, uh, took on that endeavor. And like I said, it was a little bit of a, a heavy ask at first, mainly cause the studios were in pretty bad shape. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you saw, <laughs> you saw like there was literally like this gigantic room and there was just like, you could it only was, use half of it. You can only use half of it. There was, <laughs> so there's holes in the floor, holes in the floor. Still, uh, we're working on the holes in the floor. <laughs> we have, we have them covered right now. Like don't go over here. Um, holes in the floor, holes in the wall. You know, um, yeah, it was, it a was lot a lot of cleaning that needed to take place. Yeah. So the cleaning alone took us about two months, which was awful. Cause we were planning on like, you know, kind of turning it around within a month, uh, to kind of, you know, get bands in there and stuff. And even now after a couple, we've probably been in there maybe four months. 
it took two months to kind of clean it out and it's been like two or three months of like you know having bands able to be in there um but on top of that like it's just we still have so much work to do oh absolutely it's it's crazy like we still have a corner of just like things that we're like this is probably like these are probably worth something but we don't know what to do with them because like Mm -hmm. even like amplifiers like a lot of the amps even though they were like cool like they were just in such bad shape you know so it was like okay let's clean the dirt off this one and see if someone will give us fifty dollars for it you know like things like that where we're just trying to like get rid of things and and it's got it's it's paid off pretty well so far you know we're uh you know we're in we're breaking even every month right now so and we've also been trying to do some shows here and there um we're trying to you know be a diy spot without oversaturating it because i feel like a lot of a lot of places in lancaster if we've learned any lessons from diy spaces is it's uh easily to get it's easy to get burned out on them like any of the art spaces like whether it was uh you know soka even uh the classico that was doing shows for a while like all those places were amazing venues but they were having shows like several times a week and if we know anything about the lancaster music scene is that like you know realistically even as a musician like i know for me i'm probably going to go to one show a week if i'm on top of the shows that i'm playing you know what i mean yeah actually like like, think about it like on top of like the rehearsals that you have like i'm i'm you don't want to necessarily go and see a live show all the time that's that's literally me i've just now just trying to go out to see a live show is like it's a lot because like you're like you know you have a gig you know maybe over the weekend and then like you have like one or two practices that's three of your Days. seven nights you know and, and the main nights as well that mm-hmm. shows happen anyway yeah exactly like the later on in the evening like thursday friday saturday sunday whatever um so we're trying to kind of like you know basically our idea is to have like a band practice space where the bands feel comfortable like you know leaving their gear a safe space for them mm-hmm. to kind of be and then also try to do like some events every once in a while that'll help us you know kind of like uh Get, raise a little money to put money back into the space essentially we're yep. trying to basically just make it uh, a cycle where we can really like do something good for the community without wearing ourselves too thin mm-hmm. and i i should say we we kind of trash talked a little bit but it's it's really oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's su- it's a really nice space now it is like i've i've been there a few times and it's it it looks way 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 better, and it's a really nice spot too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I appreciate you saying that. And it, it is cool. Like it's clearly a warehouse. You know what yeah, I mean? It, like, it's, yes. Very but much. That's a what makes it so good about it, mm-hmm. though, because you can get the nice recording in there. You yep, can get really room. high quality recording there. Uh, it's a really good practice space for like a small venue because yep. that's that's mostly what's if you're if you're gonna do like a gig at some of these venues around here, that's about the space you're gonna get. Yeah, for sure, especially for bands that have never been in Lancaster before. Right, like, you exactly. Know, like there, you can get some pretty big touring backs acts through like Telus and stuff like that, but you got to know who to talk to. Yes, you know what I mean. Like Telus is a is a hard hard, hard get bargain. Sometimes. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like chameleon club level for sure. And then once you get in there, like you know, it's good, but and you and you get paid well, but like you're only going to be able to play there a couple times a year. Times, yeah. Yeah. So it, especially like for Lancaster, it's it's a, a good thing to have where you can like kind of like, you know, not not play by your own rules, but like, you know, you can have like a touring band come through with a couple locals and be able to like, you know, give them enough money to get to the next gig, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's good because like you said, like the room itself, like there's just like some kind of energy in there, like good vibe. We saged all the bad energy out, but now we have all the good energy in there, (laughs) but like you can literally set up like a simple interface and a laptop and just go to town. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, our one, have you ever met Sam Yoder? Uh, not no. yet. Okay, yeah, he's he's one of the guys from Big Boy Brass, but he actually just started his own project and he kicked it off by doing a live session at the space. 
and he literally just set up his interface, you know, and his laptop. I gave him my studio monitor to kind of have on stage with him uh, to kind of just like reference track. But they set up on that little stage and uh, basically like did a whole live session in that room. And he was like he, he brought his own microphones and stuff. Um, I, I gave him some of mine to borrow, but um, he he really just like nailed it. And again, that room just kind of has an energy to it. It's very lively. It's very lively. And it's it's a it's a nice spot for photographs as well. because There's yeah. a nice back back nice brick, brick wall. Mm-hmm. And it, it's. It you know when the lights come off and and with the lighting stuff you have it's a pretty cool spot to just jam out and yeah. um you guys have plans for that coming up you yeah. want to talk about that yeah yeah so basically uh our right now uh, if you are interested in it all like you know in rehearsal spaces and stuff like that you can just contact me at Corey Paternoster you know on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and I can try to get you into one of the rehearsal rooms we have but we also have like you know a couple shows we don't have anything on the books right now that I can think of we have some stuff coming up in like. September and we're trying to book some shows out for that uh and we're just trying to get the ball rolling so um we're we're gonna call I think we decided that we're gonna call it the the upside it's gonna be the name of the the kind of entity so upstairs we have like basically like uh one giant rehearsal room and then two other rehearsal spaces Mm -hmm. in addition to our teaching studio that's kind of just for Brian and I to teach our students and stuff um, but yeah, so we're just trying to get this, this ball rolling for Lancaster in the community and just try to get some like, you know, really, um, you know, great musicians to kind of come in and utilize the space. Uh, I think that our goal is basically, you know, uh, you know, a, a good space for, you know, people who want to be doing, doing the right thing, you know, and just kind of trying to get people to, you know, give people a, a, an outlet to be able to, you know, make their music and, uh, you know, progress. Cause Lancaster, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's got such a cool music scene and there's not a ton of places for people to be, you know, loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is one of the few places that you can actually just go to town rail. Oh and, yeah, you yeah. can be you can be going as late as you want to. It's it's all zoned industrial, so you can be like there's almost there's like no there's businesses. no residential. Yeah, no residential, and all the businesses close at like five. So, right, exactly. So yeah. you can you can be as loud as you want. Yeah, it's and awesome. like sometimes um, when there was an open mic there, uh, it would start at like seven or whatever, and then and and well, you got to be careful of this spot too, because sometimes there's no like. Uh, at least back in the day, there were no windows really to look out and see the time passage. Mm-hmm. So and there was no clocks either. So we spent, it was like seven o'clock and then uh, we, we stopped jamming out at the open mic and oh, it's 6 a.m. Oh my God. That happened? That ha- oh. ha- it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too I mean, old for that now. Well, when you have like some yeah. of the musicians that you have in there. For sure. Yeah. Um, like Microsofty or oh Robin or, you know, yeah, pe- like yeah, yeah. high for level sure. musicians like for that. Sure. And you just go off forever. It's easy to get caught up. It is so easy to get caught up, and time passes like, especially when you when you're not able to look outside and see the sunrise. Yeah, the sun was already down when you got there. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so it was just it was just we were in a box, and we had all these musicians, and we had no concept of time whatsoever. Nobody had a watch or a phone on them. Yep, or at least looking at, at yeah one. yeah actively looking yeah no you're right that's that's amazing like i feel like uh i've definitely had moments like that too um and that's what the space kind of allows you know just kind of let time pass and like you know do your uh do your thing as much as you need to have an experience mm-hmm. yeah and that's really what music is all about too you know just kind of like waiting for those moments to happen like i always say that luck is when like preparation meets opportunity that's mm, all that luck is mm-hmm. really you know like just being in the right place at the right time and being ready for it yes and 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 I feel like, you know, with music, it's a lot of situations like that. Like one thing that really helped me to kind of like be able to play, 
you know, certain gigs confidently. Like if I was playing like in a basement show in Philadelphia, like I was ready for that. I was like, I'm, I know, I know what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I, I know this. Um, but some, some gigs, you know, especially if you're like, you show up at a gig and you're just like there, you don't know what the set list is. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to start playing and you're just going to vibe. And you're like, okay. I, I like, at first it was pretty nervous, but I just remember like, there was like one gig where I just like told myself, I was just like, they wouldn't have asked you if, if they, they didn't, didn't confident if, if you weren't they yeah. weren't confident in you so be you you're meant to be here you know right the right place right time like you're meant to be here so and if you mess up don't worry about it because it's exactly it's it's a relaxed thing anyway and for me like i feel like i, I tell my students this all the time I'm like it's more obvious when you make a mistake and you, and you acknowledge, acknowledge it. it yeah yeah or, that, and you don't laugh about it if you if you're like just like God, here we go. Like, yeah, okay, it happens, you know. If you even if you look like you're having fun after a mistake, it's better than being like, oh god, I just messed this up. Ugh. Yeah, no. I, every time I make a mistake on the piano, I I laugh you because laugh, it's yeah. it's funny. First off, but people understand that you know it's late at night. First off, mm, yeah. Uh, and besides, if if you're going to at least a venue, most of the times it's going to be a an alcoholic venue, so mm-hmm. people aren't going to care anyway. Yeah, people are just having a good time. Yeah, right. People are vibing anyway, so don't don't sweat it, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And for any musicians out there, just go out and have fun. Yeah, honestly, go to those open literally, mics. go to those open mics. Go to those, you know, sit-in shows. Like, there's a yeah. lot of sit-in shows yeah. that you can do. Like, I just learned. Um, do you know Connor Devlin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, from the is he from the Big he's Boy? He's boy. He's uh, the sousaphone player in Big Boy Brass. Yeah. yeah, I just talked to him yesterday, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, every Telus or every Sunday at." Or every other Sunday, I can't remember. At Telus, they have like like the open jams. Yeah, the open jams. They're mm-hmm. always there, and you can uh, like sit in if you bring in something. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out actually. Yeah, and the Monday night open mics at Telus have been great too. I don't know who's yes. hosting this month. I, but, yeah, um, I don't know who's hosting. But I know last month was amazing. Jake Joyce nailed it. Matt last month. Yes. I, I think uh, Tomato Jake. I don't know what his name is, but Tomato Jake might be the guy this month in june i think i'm not sure but again every month they've been basically doing a featured artist as the open mic host to tell us and it's been absolutely awesome so there's there's a scene to get out there with you know and if anyone ever asks you to jam just like go do it you know do it have fun if you even think that you're not that good do it anyway because you know get that thought out that's how you get better Mm -hmm. yeah the only way you're gonna get better is practicing doing it and playing with people that's like the best practice literally the best practice I, i wouldn't be the pianist i am today without having to play with drummers a solo i have done that plenty of times or mm-hmm. play with guitarists solo because then you get to figure out where you're supposed to be anyway yep because your instrument fits in differently depending on who else you're with yeah and so that's all all just experience based you can't practice that you can on your own yep. at least yeah and and you know how you fit the songs like you can play along with songs all day and that's also good practice but you will never know where you truly fit within an arrangement of things until you're in that arrangement and you're the only one playing drums yep. bass piano guitar and especially if you if you're not the leader of that song mm-hmm. either cuz that leader of the song like i've never played house of the rising sun at the same time yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly and and there, there's like you know different roles too like being the leader where you're the one calling the song versus like sitting in and being like okay that's the song we're doing All right, or, let me figure this what's out what's the chord progression yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so but thanks for having me on dude I yeah man it. um if you want to check out cory Patton also you can he's on instagram he's on facebook you can check out his projects and the links they are in the description and they're also on instagram mm-hmm. and all other streaming platforms definitely check out his music and you have a gig coming up 
not this week. Not this week, but I'm it, trying to think. I, so, well, uh, this this week I actually am, I'm leaving for the UK. Oh. So I'm going to the United Kingdom for a few weeks. Yeah, my girlfriend's family lives over there, so we're gonna go Why visit them. There, yeah. yeah. So I think the next gig that I have is uh, oh gosh, I don't know. It might not be till July. Let's see. Um, I think we'll put it in your calendars. Put it in your calendars. I guess the the next local show will be July 29th on oh, wow. Atellus. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're leaving for tour for Northern Gloom uh, in early July, and then when we come back, we'll be we'll be ripping a gig at Atellus. So come on out and hang. Well, all right. Well, with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you later tonight. I have a guest coming on at 7.30 p.m. He's a Duke So Crazy from Harrisburg. So if you want to check that out, make sure you tune in later tonight. With all that, all that said, see you then. Bye, guys.